0: Hello and welcome to Royals Review Radio. I'm your host, Jacob Milham, and it is Sunday night, so you know what that means. I am joined by our editor, the fearless Max Reaper. Max, how are you doing tonight? Pretty good, Jacob. How are you doing tonight? Doing all right. Uh, body and mind are still getting used to the uh, the lost hour of daylight savings time. I have a feeling that Monday morning is going to be a little bit rougher than uh, than usual, but we'll see how it goes, you know?
1: Dude, I appreciate having the sunlight this, this late and I appreciate that they do this over spring break so that my kids aren't yeah. like, thrown off uh, for school. But I, but I, I do have to be, remember that, um, dogs don't understand daylight savings so they still <laughs> want to get fed at the same time each morning or what they perceive to be the same time so always keep that in mind with uh, daylight savings oh yeah i'm uh, i'm not
0: looking forward to be woken up by the dogs at like four or five o'clock in the morning tomorrow thinking that it's the time to time to go outside and get the day started um but you know we're we're humans we gotta we gotta keep up with the uh, with the clock and keep it rolling along and speaking of keeping things rolling along the kansas city roll Royals have been doing just that. They are now sitting at 14 and two in spring training action. They just they had to eke out a little one. You know, got a little tight against the Cleveland Guardians today, but they they got a seven to six win. And some really standout stuff. Uh, Matt Beattie, two home runs, three RBIs, three for three day for him. And then of all people, Darion Blanco, he had a home run and had two RBIs. So some good stuff from the from the Sunday action. And if you if you tuned in, you were actually able to watch the game on Saturday. So that was good to see. Max, I, I am curious, do you think more fans would be engaged with spring training if all the games were televised?
1: That's a good question. I, you know, maybe to a little, to an extent, I, I get why they're not on TV more. I mean, they're yeah. mostly during the day when most people are working mm-hmm. um, and, and like it's spring training, like, you know, I'm even, I'm a pretty big baseball fan and I'm not watching a lot of the games that are on TV necessarily, at least not all, all of them. Cause they're yeah. exhibition games. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I think, it will, it will be interesting, you know, with uh, we, there's a lot of, you know, uh, I think change coming to broadcasting and, and, and baseball. Uh, and if baseball wants to bring some of this in house, maybe it's easier at that point to start putting just as much content on as possible. But there is, you know, there's a cost to putting a game on. I mean, you got to pay for the cameraman. You got to pay for, you know, the broadcasting team to be there. You know, I don't know how much of that costs, but it's not nothing. So I understand why they don't have all the games on, but, um, uh, yeah, it might, it might generate a little more interest. So and I, it, at least it's kind of frustrating that they don't, they, at least they don't just put like a, a camera behind center yeah. field and maybe don't have a broadcast team, but at least we can see what's happening. Cause we do know there are a lot of cameras there. Uh, so I would at least like to see, you know, game action. Well,
0: and that's what, so that's why I'm a little bit curious about because I'm, I'm looking at the wrap for today's game, the Royals Guardians game, and they, they have highlights like they're, they're taking at least like two angle video of each game already. And honestly, if you're, if you're just overlaying the radio broadcast, I'd, I'd be a happy man. I, I like the radio broadcast. I like the, the Royals team so far during spring. I think they sound really good and very cohesive and you don't need all the fancy replays and pregame, postgame during spring training. I just want something at least, but that's, that's just me. I have a, I have a job where I can, uh, I can have the little, little spring training feed going on down the corner of my screen and no one will say anything. So I'm a little, uh, I'm a little partial to, uh,
1: today games during the season. But, yeah. and more people and more people are like that too they want to stream the games and they're and a lot of people work from home now so it kind of makes sense to at least provide that access if nothing more even if it's a money loser for baseball to just mm-hmm. generate excitement and hey hey, look at here's your team and you know these are fake games so you can't get too you can't even get depressed if your team gets buried in the standings is you know in a couple <laughs> weeks it'll be zero zero you know win zero everyone will be zero and zero again so uh yeah. it makes sense to kind of provide a little more content for uh for for fans so maybe we'll see that down the road
0: that is true that is true and speaking of watching games there have been some some updates in the diamond sports uh bankruptcy i do want to shout out john orand of sports business journal he put out a pretty good like hey what's going to happen here's what is going on right now so if you see in the headlines Diamond Sports is expected to file for bankruptcy later on this week uh, by Friday March 17th according to him. Now the the games will still will still go on. They will still be streamed and broadcasted as usual. Um, apparently the only affected team is going to be the Arizona Diamondbacks and they have some some deal worked out with with just them and it's it sounds like it's just going to be the status quo, at least for the season, at least until major league baseball steps up and, and does something they have been putting some stuff together. Like they've been hiring more executives to, to possibly take this over. But Max, we've talked about it before. It's going to be a big undertaking for major league baseball to take over broadcasting and streaming every single game for all these teams. Right.
1: Well, yeah, I don't know. I mean, we'll have to see if they just, basically take over the Ballet's broadcasting team and says, okay, we'll pay you you for now since you're, I I don't know all the ins and outs of that. There was a development, I don't know if you saw, the New York Post had an article today on Sunday about that the the Diamond will go bankrupt this week. I think the 17th is expecting it. Hmm. And that uh, MLB will take over the broadcast of six teams and it lists four teams uh, not the Royals aren't listed. It's it said they would list. They would take over the broadcast of the of the uh, networks that are losing money. So mm. it lists it lists it says six teams are losing money. It only lists four teams in the article. Not the Royals. I think it was like the Guardians. Uh, I think the Diamondbacks were one of them. And you mentioned the Diamondbacks. The reason the Diamondbacks are kind of so what happened is they 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 made their first payment to teams, except mm-hmm. the Diamondbacks, because apparently the Diamondbacks had some clause in their contract that allowed them not to get paid. So oh, geez. So I don't know if the law some lawyers getting fired there. But um but you know, that's gonna probably run out for all teams pretty soon. And so I think MLB is going to take a lot of this in-house. Uh and I think they're still trying to work out all the rights. Mm-hmm. Um so we'll see. I don't know. Everyone keeps asking, Hey, this is mean I can still watch the Royals. I, I think you will still be able to watch the Royals. Yeah. Uh, but on what vehicle will it be Valley sports, Kansas city, will it be MLB TV? You know, will they find some different Avenue? I don't know. There's a lot, this is kind of unprecedented in sports and it's not mm-hmm. just baseball teams that are being affected by this. NBA teams run on a lot of these channels too. Yeah. Uh, NHL well. Yeah.
0: They're really up a Creek NHL is at least, but please go ahead.
1: No, no, and, and 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 so this is going to be, you know, it'll be interesting to see how all this all gets resolved. If maybe these sports leagues have to take a major equity stake in in the in the uh, the, the, the the networks uh, if they get sold off, or, or I don't, you know, I don't know really know what's going to happen. So uh, yeah, it's I think Royals baseball we will be on TV in some respect. It's just a matter of, of where.
0: I will say I'm not planning on uh, re-upping the the Bally's uh, streaming option to be honest I'll uh, thankfully I am out of the Kansas City area so I can just pay for MLB TV and get most of the games except when they come out to uh Washington and Baltimore. So I I really hope that Royals fans have that option here here in a little bit. Maybe this is the vehicle that gets the uh the blackouts gone and we we finally get unrestricted access to Kansas City Royals baseball. <laughs> well, Max, we're going to take a quick ad break and coming up we'll be talking about some of the World Baseball Classic stats and Nick Prado specifically. Stay tuned. And we're back here on Royals Review Radio, Jacob Milham here with Max Reaper. Now, Max, I, so I just got done sitting down, writing an article, and I don't know how, but kind of off the top of my head, I pushed out about 750 words about Nick Nick Prado, who I, I don't feel very like, I guess, passionate about him and his immediate impact on the opening day roster, but as I started looking more into the stats and looking more into spring training performance, I did get more and more passionate. So Max, before we, you know, just start talking numbers, how do you, how do you feel about Nick Prado so far this spring? Is he good, bad, ugly, or somewhere in between?
1: I think the, so far this spring, he's looked fantastic. Um, yeah. I, think he's made a, I think he's a guy that probably was not going to make the roster starting, you know, starting camp. And he's, kind of force the issue a little bit. Now I'm still one of those guys that doesn't think like spring training stats should mean that much. But mm-hmm. I do think when he, there's a young player who kind of holds his own and, and really impresses, uh, it's got to make you at least uh, reconsider whether or not he should be on the roster or not. And, you know, this is not like some guy that's jumping up two levels, right? He was at AAA last year. i seen some big league action. Uh, it would not be like crazy to put him on a big league roster at this point. So, you know, I think he's going to force the issue a little bit. And it's interesting. They had him start in right field this week. Um, so maybe if they want to start Vinny at first base, Nick is versatile enough to make some starts in right field. So I, so th- the fact that he's starting out there makes me think, okay, well maybe he's got a shot to make the roster. Cause I don't think they would necessarily do that if they didn't think he would have a chance, uh, but he's looked really good. I mean, I think he's, He, I think, exemplifies a lot of what they're trying to do with the new hitting philosophy of being a patient hitter who's looking for a pitch in a specific location and doing damage to it. And I think he's done a really good job of that. He does get into trouble with that sometimes. I think he sometimes he's a little too selective. uh, But but I'll kind of take that over a guy that's just hacking away. And I think he generally has a pretty good approach. uh, And uh, and he's an athletic first baseman. I think can play the position position really well. Um, So yeah, he's. I think he's an exciting player. I know he didn't set the league on fire when he came up last year but um he's a guy that definitely has i don't think plus power but 15 to 20 home run power with a good glove a high a high on base percentage guy i mean i'll take that at first base every day so i think he's i think he's got a fair shot to make the roster now i don't i don't know that i put money on it at this point but he certainly put himself in the conversation and uh if he doesn't make the roster i think there's going to be a lot of fans kind of myth that he doesn't yeah,
0: I, I fully agree with that because there is if if Prado doesn't make the opening day roster, I think they they have to have some sort of plan to move him off of first base a little bit more full time. Um, even when he was with the Major League Club last year, the majority of his starts did come at first base. Um, I think he had about 13 starts in the outfield, seven left and six and right. So he does have that Major League experience in the outfield already, and the Royals are kind of feeling a little bit of a a little bit of a injury pinch if you will in the outfield right now and I don't know if this would be as big of a conversation if Edward Olivares was lights out. Um I will say I have not been too impressed with with him this spring training at all. Um and he doesn't look he just doesn't look the same out on the outfield right now. I don't know if he's dealing with some you know just getting his body ready or he's just dealing with an injury right now but I'm sure once opening day comes, we'll hear a little bit more about that. I, I really like his versatility for the Royals right now. I think that is they kind of need a good option out left. They need a good option out and right. And if Vinny is, you know, Vinny, he shouldn't be expected to be a first baseman every single day. Um, He's never been known for his athleticism. It's always been his approach at the plate and keeping that plus glove that I would even call it gold glove caliber defense at first base and Nick Prado. I think there's a lot of value in that as well. Um, Some one little tidbit that I did find. So baseball reference has a, uh, a score a scale one to 10 of the pit of the pitchers that batters will face and so 10 is like major league baseball level and then one is like low a level and they do that only during spring training because a lot of batters will face a lot of different pitchers and sometimes it's not always the best guys now nick prado is tied with Freddie fermin with an 8.2 score on that scale of 10 and he's he's doing fairly good now a lot of other guys are getting their stats inflated because they're facing players who will be in double A or triple or A in a couple of months. So I do have a lot more faith in Prado's stats this spring because he is seeing high quality competition. I will be interested to see if they try him out in left field a little bit more during spring training. I think that's an option that they should explore, but I think that he could be an opening day starter out And right. And if, if something happens, he's the break glass option at first base. And push comes to shove. He could always be a designated hitter. So I, I would put money on him being the opening day guy, but I think, do you have a little bit of hesitancy because you would rather see him get every day time in Omaha rather than be on the, on the bench in Kansas city?
1: I think if he's on the roster here, he's going to play every day. And I think he'll probably be at first base. If if the, the, the move to the, putting him in the outfield, I think is more about on the days when Salvi has to DH, Mm. Vinny won't be able to DH then and Vinny will play first base and maybe Nick plays right field. Uh, so if, that's more about keeping him on in the lineup. Um, but I think if he, if he's up, he's, he's in the everyday lineup. I don't, okay. like he's a former first round pick. He's one of the top hitting prospects. Uh, you know, he, he's a guy that they're kind of counting on to at least be a solid regular in the big mm-hmm. leagues. Uh, for this rebuild to work. And so if he's up, he's playing. And they okay. have room for him. I think it's not like they have. I mean, I know Vinny's playing first, but he can DH and they'll find, you know, if Prado has a little versatility, they can find uh his spot in the lineup for him. So um yeah, I think I, you know, you're you're kind of talking me into making the roster now. So uh it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, I think he's a guy that like I said, he's not a guy that's jumping up two levels, like he's he's been in the big leagues before. So yeah, um, if he has a hot spring, you kind of think, okay, well. Maybe it's your time to, to kind of build on that and let's see what you can do at the major league level. And if it, if you, if you don't, if he doesn't hit well in April, you can only send him back down. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's anything wrong with demoting a guy. I mean, I think, uh, I think Dayton Moore was really kind of against that. He didn't want to, he wanted a guy to come up and that, and then he's up for good. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that necessarily needs to be the case. I mean, sometimes a demotion is a nice wake up call to a guy like, Hey, you better get your butt in gear and get your career going because you may not be back in the big leagues. And I think, you know, I think it worked for Mike Mustakas. I think he went, got demoted and came back up and was a better player. Alex Gordon famously got demoted Mm -hmm. and was a, became a gold Glover and all-star after that. So, um, you know, that's always an option as well. So, you know, maybe you put him on the opening day roster and see how he does in April. And if it works out great, you got a first baseman for the next couple of years. If not, well, you can always send him back to I'm offering more seasoning. So it's nice to have options, you know?
0: Yeah, that is true. And speaking of options, I do recall that Nick Brado does have two minor league options remaining. So there is some, some, um, what's it called? Lateral flexibility, if you will. Um, and this, this is going off the cuff, but I do, I do know that Q has talked openly this spring training about, Hey, if a guy is going to perform at the plate, we're going to try and find him a spot in the field. Um, now I know he was talking about that with Michael Garcia, who I am. I'm not sold on making the opening day roster right now, but I would assume that that mindset also applies to a guy like Nick Prado, if you will. So I liked hearing Q talk about that a little bit more. Um, but I think Prado has a good shot at the opening day roster. Max, any other thoughts on Prado?
1: Well, no, just moving, moving aside to Garcia real quick. It's yeah. been interesting you mentioned that. I think it's really interesting they're trying to get Garcia in the lineup at different positions at third base mm-hmm. and center field because my impression of him, and I'm not going to say, like, I am a huge Michael Garcia, like, I know everything about him, but my impression of been like, his value is in shortstop defense. Like, he's a good yeah. defender at shortstop who's got a, an okay bat, Uh, but so, so the fact they're trying to do, you know, whatever they can to get him in the lineup at other positions, it's kind of interesting. It says, I think it says a little bit something about what they think about his bat. And look, he, he came up to Omaha last year and hit kind of unprecedented power for him. Like he'd never been much of a power hitter and then came up and hit seven home runs in 40 games or something like that, which, you know, maybe that's a fluke. Maybe that's a newfound source of power that he, you know, a new plateau that he found for himself, a new level. And if they really believe in that bat, all of a sudden, maybe his bat will play at third, will play in center field. I don't know. Uh, So it's kind of interesting. They're moving him in different positions because, you know, ordinarily you wouldn't think a glove for a shortstop would be a good third baseman, uh, at least, you know, offensively. So, uh, you know, we'll see. I don't, I agree. I don't think he's going to make the opening day roster, but um, I don't think it'll be too long before we see him in Kansas city. No, and
0: it's look. I I'll go on my soapbox. I've I've been openly supportive of Bobby Wood Jr. should be the one sliding over the third base and locking that down for the long term because there's so many options at shortstop, especially Michael Garcia for the Kansas City Royals. They they talked on the broadcast the other day about him getting some work out in right field. I you know, they're, they are trying everything to, to be fair. And he is a great athlete. He's got the speed and he's got the, the jump for that, if you will, to survive out there in, in right field. I just, like you said, I just don't think that's the best use of his talent. The most value is at shortstop, the position where Witt junior just struggled so badly defensively. So, I know Q, I know Piccolo have both talked about, hey, we're going to give with another shot, a shortstop. And they, I don't know how much patience they have. It sounds like they have a lot from from what I've seen. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to say it sounds like they're going to ride with him the whole season, no matter what. But when you're talking about reps and just like basic technique stuff that like Q was, it sounds like they're really investing him for this year. So I think a lot of folks are going to have to find their way onto the roster around Bobby Witt Jr. If, uh, if you will, um, speaking of third base, what what have you thought of Hunter Dozier so far? I like, I think the, I think the defense has been okay, which you're never, you're never going to expect a, a plus glove at the hot corner from Hunter Dozier. But I think, I think it's been all right. Like kind of palatable, if you will, for for the opening day roster, at least
1: yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm still gonna, I'm still gonna take, you know, the volume of evidence we've had in the last couple of years. I will say yeah. his bat has not looked as bad. So it looks a little quicker. Um, I think Lesky mentioned something like he thought the, the bat is bad was staying in the zone a little bit longer. Uh, so he does look, and he looks a little more confident up there. So we'll see. Again, I'm not a huge uh, spring training stats believer, but there are little things I think that do, you know, provide some evidence on the season, and he, he doesn't really. Have, I don't know. He doesn't really have to be like great. Yeah. You know, just like not. Don't be a negative one point five WAR <laughs> player. Yes. Um, but but he's the reason I think Michael Garcia will be up here <laughs> before too long. Because I I look. Like, I he can look good in, in in small stretches. Dozier, but I think over the long term, he's just too much of a liability over there third. And look, Garcia. You know, even if his offense hasn't reached a new level. He's, he's a, he's a heck of a, heck of a defender out there. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think when you're trying to develop a young pitching staff, you want guys that can convert outs and that, you know, even if Garcia is not hitting, I think he can, um, you know, outplay Dozier at the third base position. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if they make that switch before too long.
0: Well, you know what? Something I didn't think about just right now is I, I wonder if they want a prospect, a former or a former, shortstop if you will and Garcia at third base because of the of the new shift rules. They're they're going to have to cover a little bit more um a little bit more space if they want to make the most of these shift rules and at times it might be the third baseman out on an island on that side and I think Garcia well I don't think I know Garcia has more of a of a range and a jump than Dozier does at third base. So that that, that might be something to watch. I am I am excited to see Garcia full time, whether that is in Kansas city or even at Omaha, because I think he is going to be like the next man up in any capacity for the 26 man roster right now. Um, Max, any more thoughts on Garcia Dozier or Prado before we move on?
1: No, I think it's a good point. You raise about the shift roles uh, being a factor. And I know Q has mentioned like he thinks it could be to the Royals advantage because they have an athletic team. Uh, defensively. And I'm thinking you do it in a lot of positions, but not third base. Unless yeah. you have Garcia there. So, you know, if you do want to maximize that athleticism, certainly you want, you know, Garcia or Nate Eden, who we, we haven't really talked mm-hmm. about, but he's, he, I think he's a factor at third base as well. So yeah, we'll have to see how that all shakes out. It's good. that Doja's playing well, but I, you know, Ultimately, I I think I'd rather see some of these younger players get a chance over at third base.
0: That is true. Well, hey, here's another option that we have not talked about at third base. He's currently the third baseman for Team Italy, Nicky Lopez, who I I know he played third base uh, actually quite a bit for the Royals last year but we're not talking about his defense. Let's go around. We are talking about his performance at the plate so far in the world baseball classic. Um, he's, he's doing, doing amazing stuff for team Italy. He's a 500 hitter in like through four games. Uh, he's got a triple, a double seven RBIs. Listen, if you have Nikki Lopez leading your team's OPS, that is, uh, that is something to behold in my mind, right? Max. (laughs)
1: Yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun to watch. It seems like he's having a a, a lot of fun out there, and mm-hmm. uh, he had a nice play on the on the uh, defensively out there this week. Uh, I legged out a triple, which was fun to see. Uh, and uh, I don't know if you saw the t- team Italy has an espresso espresso machine in yes, their dugout. In the dugout. So uh, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe the Royals need to invest in one as well because maybe that's the the key to success for Nicky Lopez. But uh, it's yeah, it's nice to see him get a you know some big moments on a big stage and. Uh, Uh, the world I don't know have you caught much of the world baseball classic I know USA faced off against Great Britain uh, over the weekend the the Dominican Mm -hmm. Republic Venezuela game was pretty lively Uh, have you you, uh, what's what struck you from the world baseball classic
0: it's it's just the energy like it's it's so it's so different from spring training, like and I'm not just talking about the fans, I'm talking about the players as well, because we're, we're seeing these guys that have been kind of stoic or they've been seeming more methodical with their major league team. And then they go out there, they play with their buddies from their country and they're they're just having a ball. And it's it's celebrations. It's you know, I, I recall Team Italy doing the the Italian stereotype celebration <laughs> against Nikki Lopez standing on the base doing that. So it's it's been fun to see um, the only the one thing that I can't get out of my mind is like, what if because it's a high it's a high octane experience to watch the World Baseball Classic, much less be there. I couldn't imagine how frantic it would be if you had the pitch clock there because like things are there. They feel like they're moving fast, but they're really moving. You know, they don't have the pitch clock. They don't have the shift rules. They don't have any of the new Major League Baseball rules. It's all old school, if you will. So I, I think it would be cool to kind of condense it down. But I'm I'm having a ball and I did. I stayed up a little late to watch a game one night and I did not regret it. So that's always a good thing about baseball, right?
1: Yes. Yeah, it's, it's, first of all, yeah, it's more high intensity baseball, which is always a fun thing. And uh, yeah, it's interesting, it's interesting without a pitch clock. Uh, you can really see the difference, right? Like, I yeah. think that the you know, the game I watched yesterday was like three and a half hours long, which like no spring training game is is really going over yeah. three hours. So it does make a difference. But yeah, they are a lot more intense, and it is a lot more fun to watch than like your your normal game. So uh, it's been a treat to watch. Uh, but it's it, what's also interesting is that you know we can talk about the numbers that guys are putting up, but it's like such a huge disparity of mm-hmm. like talent levels. I mean, for, I like the guy. The Czech Republic had an electrician. Like no no oh, lie he's an electrician geez. and he struck out Shohei Itani. like <laughs> talking about like some random dude gets to strike out the best player in the world like that's amazing that's gonna uh, be a lifetime so, story isn't it oh yeah for sure like how's he how's gonna work <laughs> you know next month like <laughs> oh yeah dude I struck out Sho- that guy's got nothing I got yeah, I struck him out you know easy so uh, yeah it's been a lot of fun to watch I I'm glad baseball has has us back because uh, and I hope more people tune in. Uh, if they aren't already, because it really is a treat to watch.
0: It is, and and granted, it is at weird times. But these games are going on all over the world. And before we get out of here, I do want to. I got a shout out, Robbie Glenn Denning. Um, oh he's yeah. doing he's doing great stuff for Team Australia. He's got two home runs when whenever Absolute you have a, rockets. Yes, like no doubters. These aren't just eking over. And it's he doesn't look like a double A player out there. Like he is. He looks like the best player on Team Australia, which I know might not be saying too much, but still the best player in his in his country. I'll I'll take that. I'll take that any day. Um, and he's
1: kind of he's kind of a journeyman who uh, you know the Royals signed I think a year ago. I think he went to Mizzou. I don't know if he graduated. If he, that's the program he ended up getting drafted from, but I know he spent some time in Mizzou. Uh, but, you know, he could be a guy, you never know. He's, he's, I think kind of versatile plays a lot of infield positions and he's got some power. So mm-hmm. you know, good for him. And this is maybe the chance to show off what he can do a little bit on a bigger stage.
0: That's true because he did, he did have a good stat line in uh, Northwest Arkansas last year, but he is kind of like you said, he he's a journeyman. He's 27 years old. He's still in the minor leagues. Um, if he is going to burst on the scene, kind of now now is the time to do that so it will be certainly something to watch i'll be interested to see how the royals handle these players coming out of the world baseball classic will their showings there affect their ultimate assignments at all that'll but that'll be something that we'll be talking about more here in a week or so um speaking in a week or so max is there anything that our listeners can watch out for at royals review coming up
1: no, we got the way we might mention this last week we have the results of that survey we put oh, out yeah North fans uh seems like Royals fans are are not wholly on board with the downtown stadium yet so there's still still some work for the team to, to to do to sell that to the public I think. Uh Royals fans not not as optimistic about the team as they were last year. It seems like there's mm. still uh, there's a lot of discontent over a slow off season uh and then uh you know uh I think a lot of fans want to see some, um, a salary cap or something to, uh, to deal with the, the, the huge disparities between teams and spending in um, uh, in baseball. So you can see all the results over at Royals review, uh, kind of interesting results, not a scientific poll, uh, but we did have over 800, uh, respondents. So a pretty good sample size of, of, of fans that uh, that, uh, let us know their thoughts about the team, uh, downtown stadium and baseball in general for
0: sure for sure and also please go make sure you uh you check out max's 500 words on why jorge bonifacio will be an impact player <laughs> for the kansas city royals because apparently he is back with the team um
1: how, how weird is that he just kind of showed up and like no one knew did. Was it's like some some somebody uh tweeted at me it's like hey i think jorge bonifacio is here and they they sent me a picture and he looks kind of big now you know i was like i was like oh you gotta be maybe you mistook that's gotta be someone else and then annie rogers like tweet us, she's like oh yeah i guess jorge Bonifacio's in the in the in the, in the uniform he's uh in camp so yeah that good is for him. so weird yeah it's <laughs>
0: i i saw that picture and it's just the back of him so just as yeah. before and my i don't know why but my mind automatically went to is that is that emilio is is emilio <laughs> back in baseball or something yeah but it's gotta no. be a third brother maybe i don't know oh yeah maybe <laughs> it's uh listen we still haven't seen anything from jorge bonifacio so i'll uh, i'll believe it when I when I see it <laughs> but Max uh, thank you so much for joining me tonight is there anything that you would like to add before we get out of here
1: nope just uh, looking ready I'm ready to you know get get uh, wrap up spring training here in a couple of weeks and get uh, real baseball all right sounds
0: like a yeah. sounds like a plan to me if folks want to find you on social media where can they go just follow me at uh,
1: M-A-X-R-I-E-P-E-R on Twitter.
0: All right. And then, of course, make sure you go follow Royals Review on Twitter and on Facebook. And again, my name is Jacob Milham. You can follow me on Twitter at Jacob Milham, M-I-L-H-A-M-K-C. And to all of our listeners out there, thank you so much for your support. And until next time, go Royals.